coming to you from Star Studios in the basement of Jupiter House Coffee in Denton, Texas. This is Coffee with a Sign Painter, a weekly podcast hosted by sign painter Sean Starr that consists of interviews with other sign painters and some of the customers and characters Sean comes across while running his studio. Okay, here we are back at uh, Coffee with a Sign Painter. Uh, Today is going to be our first episode um, of some of the interviews that we conducted on our project out in Ireland in the city of Limerick. And uh, this first one, um, when we were getting set up for uh, for the exhibition and working on the big piece for the Cranberries, um, this older guy walked in and uh, introduced himself and uh, as we t- started talking um, it was amazing because it turns out this guy has been painting signs since 1937 so um, I uh, twisted his arm and talked him into walking down to uh, the Red Hen Pub which is just down from where we were working and um, bought him a couple pints of Guinness and got him talking and uh, he shared his uh, his story of many decades of sign painting and some really interesting little uh, tidbits. So I think you're going to enjoy this. Um, so here we go. His name is Colin Thickbroom. And uh, originally an English sign painter uh, who ended up living in Ireland. So uh, here's Colin and here's his story. And I hope you enjoy it. So just tell me your name. Colin Thickbroom. There you go. The rest of us just does talk. <laughs> so I saw on that card that you gave me, you've been painting signs since 1937? Since we were five. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I've got some work at home that uh, I've got it framed that um, I did when I was 13 at school. Okay. And uh, it was only in the school hall for quite a while and uh, because I made a name for myself at that early age because I won a a national competition uh, school competition for war bonds advertising war bonds and all children were invited to do posters advertising war bonds Uh and uh, I happened to win. Okay. Win that. And how old were you? I was, I was, uh, I think I was uh, 12 at the time. Ah, cool. Yeah. Anyway, following that, I did, uh, I was encouraged to do more, more painting, which led to me doing a number of different pictures, which I, as I say, found a way into the school hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I came to leave school, I left at 14 years old because I wasn't very academic. Uh-huh. So uh, they advised me to look for an apprenticeship okay. uh, in sign writing. Uh, it was my art teacher that recommended that I did this. And once we, we, uh, we left school 
on holiday on the Friday and on the Saturday morning my mother took me by the hand and walked around Leeds uh, visiting all sign shops to see if they an apprenticeship yeah. for me and uh, we were all morning and it wasn't until it turned midday my mother says come on I know you're tired she says but there's one last call I want to make before we call it a day and we'll go for a meal in one of the cafes so I settled for this and we called it the, rap, the last sign writing shop works that uh, we knew about and it was Robert Signs Limited established in 1875 and uh, uh, we uh, found our way into this works and we climbed up some stairs to the first floor where offices were and uh, we were met by a lady who asked us what our business while we my mother explained and she said I'll oh, go get Mr Chapman he, he's the man you want to see and uh, Mr Chapman showed me in to an office me and my mother into an office and uh, my mother started extolling all my <laughs> accomplishments, accomplishments. <laughs> and we showed him she showed him the paintings that I'd done which I'd signed Tash, T-A-S-H. Okay. And this was my nickname by my friends. And instead of writing thick broom on the bottom of my pictures every time, I took an easy option and wrote Tash on it. That's only four letters. Yeah. And so how, how old were you when, you when you went in to, to ask for the apprenticeship? 14. You were 14, so that was like in 1940s sometime? That was in 46, would it be? 46, okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, like I said, we, we went, we, we, we went, took, took, started our holidays on Friday, on, on the Saturday morning, the very next day. But she took me out to see these people, different firms. Anyway, Mr. Chapman says, uh, who's, this fella, who's this fella called Tash? I'd like to explain to him why it would be because when I drank milk, I had a little bit of fluff above uh, top uh, okay. and I finished up with a grey Tash. Gotcha. Okay, I was, so I was about my, to ask what that was all All my friends nicknamed me Tash, and that's how I came to put the, uh, sign my pictures on in them days, Tash. And anyway, the... Um, after some time uh, discussing the uh, education, which one didn't take very long, <laughs> uh, he says, right, he says, uh, I want to see you at, on Monday at 8 o'clock. He says, you'll find your name on a clock card in the machine, on the machine. He says, and the first thing I'm going to look for is your good side keeping. And my mother looked at him and looked at me. And he says, yes, sir, I'm going to take him on. I'm going to take him on. He said, 
I'll send him home on Monday with some forms to fill in and you'll have to sign them, it's a contract and he's contracted to work to, with us, for us and learn his apprenticeship for seven years and so we're tied to that firm for seven years Seven years? Yeah and uh, this is, uh, within them seven years I got three years paid for by the company in Leeds University Art College, full time. Oh yeah. On pay. Nice. Yeah. Well, it wasn't much pay, but there it was. Still, yeah. And, uh, but uh, it would. I, I thought it was champion because we didn't start. Class didn't start well ten o'clock in the morning, uh -huh. and we were going home by half past three. <laughs> oh, that's a good setup. <laughs> and you're getting paid. <laughs> yeah, no, we're getting paid. Yeah, so. But it was a good firm in that respect. They uh, insisted that. Oh, his his uh, first words of advice to me was, uh, "Look, listen, and learn." He says, "If you remember them three hours, he says you and me will get along fine." Did you get along fine? And we did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was too, I was keen to look and listen and learn. And but I didn't touch it. I didn't touch a sign writer's brush until I'd been there three years. Yeah. What, what did they have you do the first three years? They had me fetch and carry in. Yeah. Go for looking and listening. Yeah. And I, I worked in uh, the paint shop, spray shop. Uh, they insisted that I knew how to put a decent, put a decent finish down on a sign before I, like the background colors on panels before I started painting. Yeah. And I even went, I even spent a year, twelve months, in to join us shop. So I became fairly proficient at using woodworking tools. Okay. And I was a complete sign man by yeah. the time I finished. I even, before I finished my term, uh, they even taught me how to uh, use electricity, high tension, for neon hmm. signs. Okay. So I could go out and I could maintain a neon sign. Oh, wow. It was completely like this thing. Yeah. I'm reading it from <laughs> mirror. You are here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it was a complete. So this was all in England. This is all in in England. England, all, okay. all in Woodhouse Lane, Leeds, Yorkshire. Okay. And uh, I can remember all my my uh, tutors. First of all, it was Mr. Chapman who kept terrain on everything mm. and everybody. And he passed me from Albert, Albert, uh, Albert Winstanley, who was former joiner. He was He showed me how to do everything. Okay. And uh, he was always, while we were in that shop for 12 months, he was always giving us pieces of wood, which were offcuts, and telling me to make a certain joint, show me how to do it. Uh -huh. And I had to keep do, getting off cuts out at bin, out at waste bin, and making a joint 
that he'd asked me to make until such time that I got it right and then I threw it away <laughs> and then me, told me how to make another one. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, but it was a good it was good tuition. Yeah. So it wasn't what I went to work to do and I kept complaining to Mr Chapman when can I do some sign writing, you know. Um, eventually uh, I got proficient at most things including coach painting which is rush. By the time I'd learnt how to coach paint, you couldn't tell my paint job from a, a spray job. Really? Yeah. Did you do uh, pinstriping and decorative stuff too on the coaches? Stringing. Stringing? With, I don't know that it's term. pinstriping. Pinstriping, they call it stringing there? Yeah. yeah. Huh, I guess stringing makes sense too. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, oh yeah, we did all that. Mm. Because we, uh, we, did, we also did... did uh, Commercial vehicles. Okay. Did a lot of commercial vehicles. And as you saw in that book, uh, even when I, I, I were on my own account, I, I was able to repaint Bayland mm. that little van, that little Austin Seddon van, okay. and string that yeah. and letter it. Nice. So it were, it were pretty uh, exciting time yeah. doing me. The, the, uh, so by then it's what, in the 1950s? Yeah. During that period? Well, before that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, oh, what happened? Oh, yeah. I, I came to end of my apprenticeship after serving. While, while, I, while I was doing my apprenticeship, I also worked on theatre curtains. Oh, okay. We did, we did uh, background. Uh, like scenery stuff? We did scenery. Mm -hmm. But in the main, we did uh, fire curtains, which were the curtains that blocked the, the, the uh, stage off from the auditorium. Okay. With a, a fireproof curtain, which usually carried adverts. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> You're following me? Yeah, yeah. And we used to do all those sort of things. Okay. And after I, after I, were, I were qualified, uh, the first time I went, they sent me down to do, they sent me down to at least City Varieties. I had to, had to borrow their, their uh, uh, lift. Okay. Which were a wooden thing, which is wound up. <laughs> and on the it was all, it was all just manpower. It, it was all wooden, wooden structure. Okay. And which I put right between, and they were about four feet. That's all. Where I could stand this st structure between fire curtains and orchestra stalls, and you wound it up. And of course, my first advertisement, which I had to paint out first and then right in situ okay. with curtain fully down climb up this wooden structure with the curtain flopping around probably and right if anybody can do to artist's door at back do a draft can through okay. senium uh -huh. and curtain can forward then it went back and thought god I'm falling into artist's <laughs> door and you're supposed to be studying sign <laughs> 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 uh, 
soon. So it, 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 uh, it, it was quite exciting. And uh, what James reminded me of is the time when uh, the first week I completed my, my full time as an apprentice and I came on to full wages and I never drew them. No? Because they were conscripted into army to do me two years uh, compulsory army service. Okay. And I went I went and drew my first wage in army really? five shillings. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all we got for five shillings. And then worse still, we found that we had to spend that on dubbing and boot polish. <laughs> so we're really happy, you know. Yeah. In addition to our training, which were arduous, and we're supposed to have been, as I suppose, our elect, they decided to. Uh, we went first before we actually went in to do our first week's training. We had to go to to um, recruitment officer, and he he, he talked to you and had a look at your qualifications, and he decided that the sign writer would be better off in army medical corps. So the first thing I learned to do when I got in medical corps after initial training, which put you through all all the same same. Kind of training that they put a commando through. Like boot camp kind of thing? Yeah, over, over climbing up ropes, uh, 12 foot high, uh, with, with your boots on and hand to hand. Plus the fact that uh, being in medical corps, we went down to parade ground and you all picked a partner out. And then they told us a hard bit. Were to pick the partner up in fireman's lift over your shoulders oh, nice. and run round parade ground with him once. And I went done that. You put him down and you to run. You couldn't walk. You to run. You put him down and he picked you up and he ran back with you on his shoulders. That's how easy it was. And a lot of guys. And met mistake of being a little fella. <laughs> Poor little fella had to carry. <laughs> That's a one-sided deal. They didn't deal. all get round. No. <laughs> a lot, quite a lot. Quite a lot. Folding. Yeah. Uh, you can well understand. Yeah, sure. But, um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was... Uh, it was a, a difficult time. Pardon? Oh yeah. Yeah. After my training, they posted me to Hamburg, Germany. And what what years was that roughly? That was that was uh, '53. Went in at fifty in '53, and I came back in '50 '55. Okay. And uh, but the two years I spent over there. The, they taught me. They taught me uh, initially. They taught me uh, how to uh, uh, service an ambulance with me medical skills, such as it was up to that point. It's all big classroom. Biggest part of work in training was classroom work. Okay. And uh, all medical, of course. Yeah. And uh, we practiced on each other. You know. 
putting bandages, laying in. Yeah. Did you come back to the same sign shop that Chapman's? Oh, place? yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, not, not uh, Robert Sines Limited. Robert Sines? Yeah. Uh, Do you know if it's still around? No, they finished. Long gone? Yeah, well, an army captain married into business and they dished it up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they had a clue. They couldn't run a, they couldn't run a booze up in a brewery. Yeah. They couldn't run it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, terrible. And I left because of that. I left that firm and uh, I went to work for an advertising firm in London and I finished up as, uh, I finished up as field foreman in the York, in North East. Okay, okay. Well, when was that? That was, uh, that was uh, the 60s, early 60s. 61, 62. Well, those pictures you showed us of the, the buses, those the dates was like early 70s on some of those? Yeah, that was when I went on my own. You had your own business by then? But I, I, by that time, I, I got to know most of the advertising companies in Fleet Street. Okay. And uh, I, the first bus I did... I was employed by Frank Mason and Company, a London advertising company. Okay. And, uh, that that meant a name for me. Yeah. Put you on the map. Everybody wanted to know who did it, okay. who actually did it, not the firm, but who actually mm. did it. And uh, uh, it was that that uh, inspired me to go on my own eventually. Because what happened is, uh, Frank Mason and Company, uh, they had a wonderful managing director. Uh, London based, were part of an, an international advertising agent. And managing director at London base were a great leader. They, they told me, did staff afterwards, that. There were nobody ever remembers following, going in before him. He was a man with a key. Yeah. He first in and last out. Uh -huh. And he worked his socks off. And uh, if office were open, he was there. And what happened, he died at his desk. Really? Yeah. Like a heart attack or something? Something like that. Just yeah. worked himself to death, probably? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. But, but everybody, if he, if he asked somebody to do do a job, they couldn't do it quick enough for him. They were, they were eager beavers. They, they followed his example. They respected him. He was a leader. He did. He led by example. And um, if... if uh, if he thought you were worth it, he paid you accordingly. Okay. Nobody got the same pay. Mm. And uh, it was while I was working for them that uh, I tangled with, uh, with with the union. Mm. What I did, what what happened? I discovered by accident 
that I was getting paid two pence an hour less than other craftsmen in bus works. Uh-huh. In fact, they were getting paid less than a mechanic. And uh, I brought this up with the union, which were NUVB, National Union of Vehicle Builders. Okay. And uh, they refused to do anything about it. They just they, they turned around and told me that I'll get national minimum and they won't be prepared to go on strike for one month. So I, I appealed to this chap that died at his death. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote and told him and I didn't hear anything for several weeks and I thought he'd screwed it up and thrown it in the bin. But no, he came back and I got a letter from him, dear Colin, and it was always Colin, not Mr. Tickbill. Mm-hmm. And he always insisted on me calling him Jim. Mm-hmm. This is great from a managing director. Right. No edge on him. Yeah. And he went on to say, I'm pleased to inform you that the board has considered your complaint and we've decided to give you four pence an hour rise. <laughs> Back to, you, to your first letter of complaint. So I shall, when Shop Stewart came round for me subscriptions, I gave him a union book and told him to sign it, resigned honourable, paid up. <laughs> and he says to me, if he could have had any audacity, he says, Are you sure? You don't know when you'll need us. <laughs> I said, I needed you. And where was you? I said, I'm out of this union. Yeah, yeah. And they tried to dislodge me, they tried to get me fired, because it was a closed shop, but it never happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that manager guy had your back? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, but, um, yeah it, was, it was good, that. But anyway, when he died, when, this, when the general manager died, they found that they couldn't replace him. They couldn't. They didn't have anybody to replace him. Nobody wanted job. No. Nobody wanted to follow. It was like follow. Well, he died at his desk too. So like, he who did, wants yeah, that job? Nobody could. <laughs> nobody could compare themselves to him. When they saw his record, they didn't want a note job. Too too big for them. They knew that they won't last. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't produce same performance. Right. And. The song, the song London Branch at Bus Operations, uh, which they, they, they owned by contract, they owned two thirds of the UK's public service buses, advertising rights, which were huge. Yeah. And uh, he, he told me before he died, he told me when he had me down there one day down to London because he had to go down every year just to see him. Okay. So everybody loved the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody thought he was fantastic. And he tried everybody, tried everybody with respect. Yeah. Particularly if he did a good job. Like for instance, being field manager, I was supposed to buy the white coat. I told him before I accepted job that I didn't want a white coat, I was going to keep you go over all the mm-hmm. What I meant was that I wanted to stay on time. 
I wanted to pay they paid on an hourly rate. I didn't want to do that a salary. Right. You didn't want a manager's job. I knew I'd be getting paid 40 hours for 40 hours and working 60. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, he agreed to that. He agreed that I should. He said, I don't know how you're going to do it, but he said, we'll see how it works. And that, that again, yeah. that's another story. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> you got extra perks from the Chinese restaurant when you did the windows? Oh yeah, that one I went on my own. Yeah? But I'm getting to that. <laughs> You're getting ahead of him, he's got it all planned out. <laughs> uh, what, um, what happened was, they sold the interest in buses to a Manchester firm and to a bloke called Wardle and he, uh, he sent for me from Yorkshire to go over at Penines to meet him in Manchester and he sat me he had me waiting for about half an hour, three quarters of an hour, in his outer office. Then he called me in and he asked me to sit down. And there were spindle chairs that you could wind up and down. And mine were down here. <laughs> and his were up here. And I, I need to tell you, you're a little bloke. Right. And I could see his legs under the table, under the desk. And they were dangling. <laughs> so anyway, he read right up to me. He wanted to know why I went in union. I explained as he went on. He wanted to know why I was getting as much money as what he got. He's confronting you on others. He wanted to know why I had. A, I was running my own car. No less than a, a 1.6 estate compared to other area supervisors, as he called us. We were actually managers because we controlled the whole issue, you know, which production at down floor level were dictated by us. But he called us supervisors. Why? Why other supervisors only had a van and I had a car, and not only that, they were paying me mileage. You're breaking all the rules. I broke all the rules. And he asked me, and I just said, I simply said, well, it's it's the turn to Kanto with the old chairman. So, well, we're not having favourites here anymore. He says, you won't get a rise until the rest of them catch up with you. We'll supply you with a van. And it will blah, 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 all the way down the line. And then he said at the end of it, he says, have you any questions? So I says, will you accept four weeks notice? <laughs> and he said to me, much to my surprise, he 
he says, you're not bloody sacking me. He says, you're fired. Get out of my sight. He says, I don't want to see you again. He says, I'll send you four weeks notice. Pay for four weeks notice. You don't need to do any more for this firm. He said, I'll, you'll get, I'll send you a check for four weeks in loan. Four yeah. weeks and how long were you there at this point? I, I says to him, I said, you won't send me a check for four weeks. You'll send me a check for 20. <laughs> because I was there 16 years. Oh, 16 years. And we got a year. We got a year for every oh, okay. year's service we put in. And he, he just, he, he answered that by, well, you know, you won't get another job at this time. There's a slump on. I said, well, I'll go on my own then. So I said, well, don't come here because I won't get any work. So I went off and I started on my own. And like the dirty rotter that I am, I rang all advertising agents up and informed them that I You're on your own now. I was on my own. Yeah. Did it work? And well you've got a book there. Yeah, you got a whole book full of it. Book full. Tell them about what Joyce told her. What'd your wife Oh Joyce went bananas. I said, I'll just give me notice and she flew through rope because with the mortgage and everything. Yeah, sure. And she went bananas. She was not happy, yeah? Yeah, no, not. She was a sad little girl that night when we went to bed. <laughs> she went, she, in fact, she got out of bed and she went and slept with that job. Yeah, anyway, I had more confidence in myself than what she had. And uh, it all worked out. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, it finished up. I had it on my pay books. She did office from it. Okay. And she only worked half days, worked every morning, five days a week. And I didn't even pay for it at first until the accountant told her, you should be honest. <laughs> and she told me how much, she told me how much you were paying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got the same problem. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. That's, so, that's what I wanted you to tell them when you started taking jobs that weren't just, just buses and whatever. Right. But the one I love is the one about getting like the Chinese restaurant. He might not be ready to oh, tell yeah. the Chinese restaurant yeah, well. story yet. Do you guys want a bite to eat while we're kind of pause? Um. Yeah, if you want, you guys want something to eat? We've we had you just eat. You'll just Why don't you get a pizza and we can nibble on that. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, don't, I think uh, this pizza would be fine for me. Be easy. We'll get another one of these. No, thank you, I'm okay. I'm talking to me. Alright. So, yeah. Do you have a tab? No, I just been paying for it. Yes, uh, what happened? What happened? I don't know who you had with you on the job. Was it one or two men? But it was one man. Oh, yeah. The, the man yeah. who was very first. Yeah, I know the story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know you know the story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, I was asked to do some work for a Chinese restaurant. Where, and where was this? This was in Putsi, my own t 
Town, own area of Leeds. Okay. It, we used to have our own own uh, conurbation. It were Putsy had our own Lord Mayor and everything. Okay. We were we were a small. Your own little thing within it. A small okay. area, uh, Putsy Borough, uh, and we were separate from Leeds, uh, which were great. And while we while while we accepted being absorbed into Leeds has never quite settled with me. Mm. Uh, which is another story. But anyway, this wrestling tour were in Pudsey and I did him some gilded work on okay. the windows. And what it was, it was a round circle on four windows all alike with a couple a, a, a silhouette okay. of a couple sat at a table drinking wine at a, a table okay. and this were um, in black of course and they were silhouetted against uh, bright gold 22 karat gold okay. yeah on window right okay and it was quite impressive yeah a lot of, a lot of women used to do the makeup <laughs> like a mirror gold yeah okay if it's done right it should be a mirror sure like, of course as you well know and uh, any, anyway um, he went to, to warehouse Chinese warehouse for his good stock, what he bought, what he, you know, what he, he, he uh, served up in his restaurant. And uh, of course he's mixing with all other Chinese restaurateurs. Mm. And he's telling them about this sign writer. Okay. And they all go down to look at their work. And they got loads of work. Yeah. From from Chinese community. Okay. Western community. It's amazing how that works. It's like you, it's, once you get well, one thing out there, then everybody wants on board. It's best advertisement yeah, you can sure. have is word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the beauty of it is, they were wonderful people. I mean, every one of them that I went to work for, they won't let me. They won't let me. Yeah. Well, they paid me for the start. They paid me as soon as job was done, uh -huh. which were unknown. And they paid me pound notes. And in addition to which, if, if we were fixing signs or we were on premises over the course of a day, the fed us. Yeah. And they wouldn't take money for it. Yeah, nice. It was great. Yeah. And we anyway, one day I went to Barnsley, which is a town nearby, uh, to do this, to fix some signs on this restaurant. Chinese, of course. And uh, he comes out and he says, oh, he says, what, what, about half past eleven, quarter twelve. He says, what are you going for lunch, lads? And he came out with menus. And he's passing it out. And... I said, well, we've all brought sandwiches, actually. So I said, oh, no, no sandwiches. No sandwiches. I I cook. So I said, all oh, right, fair enough. So they all, they all agreed except for one guy. 
and uh, he said, to her, oh, I don't take my sandwiches home. I'll, I'll have my sandwiches. So it's that day, we're all eating us. Lovely, lovely meal. Uh-huh. We, we could pick what we wanted off it. Yeah? Off the menu. Yeah. Nice. Telling us what we could have it. Anything he said, just go for that, he chose. And he sat there with his moly old sandwiches. <laughs> Maybe he didn't want to get in trouble with and his wife who made them. The rest of the guys never let it down. Right? <laughs> 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 the best part, right? The gentleman who ate the sandwiches was amazed when they didn't have to pay for the lunch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he couldn't get over that. He uh, was worried about paying for it, I think. Yeah. But I knew we wouldn't have it to pay. Right, right. Anyway. That's awesome. Yeah. And he was really sloughed when he realized he could have had it. He's eating the sandwich. That's it, all you have to do with throw up with the sandwich you didn't bit. You know. That, that was, your wife sorted out, you know. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was good. But that again, uh, as you say, word of mouth, it can't be beaten. Yeah, that's that's like... All advertising in the world can't be. Yeah, the recommendation. We were talking about this the other night with some of the other guys that flew in. It's like the um, word of mouth, it's like the decision's made already. Mm. It's like if you go knock on someone's door, you're trying to convince them. But word of mouth, someone yeah. else already got them interested. So when the, by the time they talk to you... It's like it's kind of already done, you know. You just have to that's, show them. That, if you if 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 you if you if you're extolled by a third party, yeah, it makes all the difference. Sure does, yeah. I mean, I'm talking to you now, but you only have to leave me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we get a third person in here to vouch for you, we'll be set. <laughs> it's. To use a bit of German, it's a bit stimmt, is that? It's great. Yeah. Well, the issue of your church being the bishop, and you're like, why don't you put that, you know, on the transom of his boat for me to do that? I says, is it in dock? You know, I said, no, it's in That's why I don't think I'll do it then. <laughs> Sitting in an inner tube? Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Back to my army days. It wasn't the only thing that taught me was uh, paramedic mm. duties. I also got to... Uh, I, had a, I had a thing. When I went in forces, right from training, I decided that I'd volunteer for everything. And it worked. What do you mean? Well, Sergeant Major says one day, Right, I want I want four volunteers to do such and such a job. All except Sig Broom. Meaning me. Uh-huh. And he looked at me and he says I've got I've got your your uh, I've got you measured up, Thick Broom. He says, You're up to something. He says, I'm gonna find out, I'll have you good for guys. <laughs> but he'd done exactly what I wanted him to do. And that was 
expel me from any ideas of giving me a lousy job. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So did you end up with a good job? I did. I finished up an NCO Inc. stores and I, I became, uh, they sent me off on a, I was instructed to do this because they were recommended, uh, once again recommendation. I was recommended by the uh, by the MC, uh, warrant officer who I worked for, which happened to be store, store boss. Okay. And uh, he, he had me sent away for two weeks to train as a projectionist and I finished up managing Unit Cinema. Projectionist. That's a pretty cushy gig in the army, yeah. Yeah. showing movies. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the thing is, the beauty of it was that uh, NCOs, being an NCO, um, there were few, much fewer NCOs than what there were other ranks. And this meant that every, everybody had to do a duty on either reception or guard house. Being a, a military hospital, it had a guard on, guard on gate. Now, everybody had to do that? Every, everybody did service on guard house. Okay. They all took the turn. But of course, NCOs were at a disadvantage because there were much fewer of them. And this worked out that were to do either a reception or a guard every three weeks. And uh, how it worked out was we, everybody had to be up at 6 a.m. in the morning and you couldn't go to bed until 12 midnight. And it worked out this way that you did your duties 6, six o'clock in the morning until 6 at night. And then if you were on reception for guard duty, you went straight off your day duty onto guard from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And back again to your day duty at 6 a.m. until 6 p.m. And you're not allowed to sleep. If you were caught asleep, you put on a charge. Yeah. 36 hours. <laughs> With that. It's a week's work, isn't it? Yeah, that's terrible. 36 hours and you weren't allowed to. We did. <laughs> did. Did you get to do any sign writing in the army? Did oh, yeah. Did you paint anything? Yeah, we, got, we went away. I went away twice. We got, um, I got um, a, v, a VW bus, little Volkswagen bus, and a driver. To help me, and they took us out to Shelton, all Shelton, to Hanover, from Hamburg to Hanover, uh, because I was only sign writer they knew about, and I went to do all all signs. Yeah, uh, you know, be a tent. Was it just saddlery? What was it? Uh, just like plain, because it was directional. Signage, or did you get to do something fun? Oh no, no, no! Fancy it with all just block letters, all kind of directional yeah. stuff. Which uh, all we got were um, two cans of paint, white paint, and, and, and a, 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 what would be about two liter tin of black. Okay, for lettering. And uh, driver give us hand painting them, of course, painting, but we cut them all to the size that we wanted. 
and we, oh, we had that done for us. We had, had signs cut to shape. Okay. And then we got a job at me and driver got a job of painting them undercoat and a coat of gloss. And then I, I he he stood and did a bit of go for him for me, like right. you know, go for a pot of tea or something. Yeah. And I, I I wrote them all, wrote lettered them all, and then he and I both went and fixed them. Okay. And uh, we told officer in charge. Right, we'll get off back now. And he said, oh, you won't. He said, you've got to take them all down. <laughs> <laughs> so we were there for a week. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty good. And all we had to nice do, all we had to do was watch them. Yeah. We were sat every day watching horse jumping and that. <laughs> Which gave us a lot of interest, really, because we got to know different horses. And we, we were gambling. We didn't actually put money on, but we, you know, I fancy number five, you know. And yeah. I reckon she's going to do it. And because there were women riders as well, like, but uh, um, it, it, it was a good week, that was yeah. a good sky. Yeah, nice break. But actually, we were there, we were there, about, we were there nearly three weeks, mm. uh, all together. But, um, yeah, so that, that part of me, uh, my life was quite exciting, my two years in forces, so much so that you find a lot of camaraderie in army. Yeah. And when, when you've heard them say, we'd, we'd die for each other, they meant it. You, you never have same friendship in City Street. I've heard that. Yeah. You, you, you died for your mates. <clears throat> the story about uh, the little men who died in your book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were a little fella. You had a lot of run-ins with little guys. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, he would have, we all fell in love with this one. Anyway, what you found is when, in, in training, you found there were two age groups, 18-year-olds and 21-year-olds. 21-year-olds were ones that were craft tradesmen or that they'd been to university. They were, and they were mature by comparison with 18-year-olds. Well, you're due for service when you're 18. If you haven't got a trade, or you haven't got a, yeah, yeah, going to college or university. So if you're going to university or college, or you've got an apprenticeship to complete, they don't touch you until you're 21. And being 21, they look to you for promotion. Mm. And that's why I got my two stripes, really. Mm. You know, it were a fluke, really, more than all <laughs> But I mean, it, that, that was a happy side of it. But there was this little guy, who was only 18, and he looked more like 15. Mm. And he, he had a poor upbringing, I believe, from what we could glean from this, what he told us. And he was only little. And he was as pale as a ghost. He, he didn't. He looked malnourished. Mm. And uh, his his counterparts tended to bully him, like young kids do. Yeah. He's the ugly duckling. Right. And they they didn't they didn't give him much space. 
the adding for a fool. We had the, the bullied him for cleaning the boots and all that sort of thing. Okay. But we twigged down. Elder soldiers, recruits, though they were, they were older and had more sense. They soon got, got behind him and they started protecting him, you know. Uh-huh. And they, uh, they put fear of God and the other 18 year olds, they thought twice about bullying right. after a while. Yeah. But they, uh, typical of them, they, uh, they used to play tricks on him. Mm. And it came to the point where he, he damaged his best uniform and there was a parade. And he couldn't no. go in you know, because it was all stained up front. And he's all, we all get issued with two uniforms, a best BD battle dress and a second BD, which he used for general duties. And it, this didn't fit him. It, it was about three or four sizes too big. It, you couldn't see his hands when his sleeves were down. That was so big. So it went missing. And we all thought it was youngsters that were buggering about again, you know. Until this um, Welsh guy, just forget his first name, a Welsh bloke said, oh, I've got it. He was a cook. He said, oh, I've got it. I said, what are you doing with it? He said, I put it in steamer. I said, what the hell, what are you doing with that? To shrink it for the guy? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Did it work? Said, Amazingly, it did. It did? We were frightened to death. But the hell, you shot him up backside. I said, it'll be ruined. He said, well, we'll see, we'll see. I keep taking it out and having a look at it. He said, <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, when he got it back, this cook had ironed it and everything. Yeah. It was better than his BD. <laughs> it was beautiful. It felt like a glove. A tailor couldn't have done better for him. It was wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. So it, it, his face, his first time I saw, saw colour in his face, this little lad, yeah. this little fella. And it, I think he was blushing really, but yeah. he, he put it on and he came back and he, I thought he was going to kiss this cook. Yeah. He was so delighted, you know. And, but he, he, he knocked about with us, with Elder Lot, because we were only friends he had. Funnily enough, his, his contemporaries didn't want to know him. Really? Yeah. Maybe he stayed in touch with him? No, no, no. 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 I saw a picture of him. Yeah? Got a picture of him. Oh, yeah. I, I keep showing the other guys the pictures that I took of your you portfolio. Oh, they're like, oh. I just brought them today. Pull their phone. I can't find it. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he is little, huh? That's me. Okay. Wow, that's awesome. What, so this was in the, the mid-40s, I'm mistaken. No, that's or the 50s. Mid-50, 50s. Not mid-50, 53, uh, yeah. That's 53. The top far left is the guy he's talking about. A little tips in there. Hey, give me my phone. Take a picture of that. That's cool. So, it's not a that good picture, I'm afraid. You were telling Sean about your technique. Great, I don't know that. Yeah, you probably. You were telling Sean about the technique. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's like, 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 when you were serving in the army, um, I noticed there's kind of a, a brotherhood, a camaraderie in sign writing now. What did you experience anything like that when you were sign writing? Did you experience a, a connection because of the trades that was? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, being a being a tough trade, you never stop learning. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody has a different technique, slightly. Mm -hmm. Broadly, it's the same technique, yes. but they all have a different way of going yeah. about things. Yeah, and uh, because because you, you're learning off one or two men, you, you, you develop your own technique because yours is a mixture between one man and other. They're, their uh, habits rub off onto you, yes. and you, 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 your craft is like a stew, yeah. you know, there's a little bit more kidney than other guy, yeah. than there is beef in other, you know. And that, that's a good analogy, yeah. it's true. Yeah, and it, it, uh, yeah, it's funny that, but uh, I was fortunate in as much as I had got this ability to paint uh, pictures. And, uh, well, Jane's seen ones I did at when I was 13, and you didn't believe it, did you? Yeah. Really? So that's kind of your your own special ingredient. Nobody told me. Yeah, it just came from within. I just have this ability to see things and translate it yeah. on the paper. Yeah. That's excellent. It's something that so, God gave me. So you mentioned you're part of that art group in Innes. Uh, what kind of work are you doing now? I saw the you had a like watercolor in your photo album there. Yeah, are you doing watercolors or? No, I, I do. I, I like acrylic. Acrylic. Because uh, I like work. I used to like working with watercolor because it was fast. Okay. Dry quick. Uh, but while I was working, I worked in oils. Mm -hmm. The discipline was in oils, obviously, because it were all it were all displayed outside. Right. So it had to be weatherproof. 
that since the oncoming of acrylic for paint, painting pictures, I find that uh, I, I've adjusted to uh, using my skills as an oil painter and with the benefit of trying fast. Trying fast. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to buy one of his foils oh, yeah. from back. Yeah, it's absolutely magnificent. Mm. So, yeah. Both of them are sunset barbers. Absolutely. Did you show him your display at the library? I like something like that. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that towards the back with the newspaper articles? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. I think I might have some photographs of the paintings, but they're not special. They're just yeah. Like I tell all these guys over there, you don't get to judge your own work. No. <laughs> That's one she's just talking about, funnily enough, and it happens to be at front. Oh yeah! Wow, that's gorgeous. It is. That really is. That's cool, down the woods. Wow. Really walk me dogs. Yeah. That's in England, actually. It's a beautiful. Is there anywhere online for people to see his work? No? I don't have a computer. No? You're probably better off. Back in Dick's day with me. He's all fooling around with. Yeah? And I was like, he's amazing. He started taking classes, and the next thing you know, he's doing things that people have been taking classes for five years. Really? It's an innate ability. Yeah, these are just incredible. He did say, oh, wow. oh, there's the return of the silhouette, like the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. A bit more there. Nice. That's our street. My street. Yeah. yeah. And you live in Shannon? That's in Shannon, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's nice. That's River Shannon. Yeah, I hand these off to you in a Kaylee keeps saying she wants to see sheep up here before we leave off and drive out there or something. Oh, yeah. Go over at Yorkshire Moors. And you've got to watch here, you don't run sheep over because they're all over the place. Yeah. And you'll have a fit when you go through the main road through Yorkshire Moors. It's only one vehicle wide. And you've got this passing points every half mile. And if you see a car, it's a straight, fairly straight road. If you see a car coming in this, you should pull over and wait for it to pass. Yeah. I'm a speed merchant. That's why there's not much detail in it. A speed merchant? I don't know what that means. I just get it done quick. Oh, okay. That's why you like acrylic because the dry spray. Yeah. Thank you. That's Dumoland. 
That's the lake at the moment. Is this near your house? The lake? It's quite near to here, yeah. Oh, yes. Drummond Castle. Where one of your uh, presidents stayed over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what it? <laughs> I'll get her started. Texan. But it isn't really. Because you don't Yeah, he's more of a New Englander, actually. So. Oh, we went there um, right after we got uh, picked up at the airport. Yeah. Uh, Tom Collins, who put the show on. Yeah. He brought us there, and the, it was 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. And the sun wasn't even coming up yet. Yeah. And he was driving us around, showing us this, this castle. Yeah. And uh, he spotted a guy inside. And so he called the guy over and talked the guy into letting us. We went and toured that castle at like 5.45 in the morning. And wow. Came up. Yeah. It was really cool. But it was a bit creepy, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But it was cool. Which castle was it? The Bunratty Bun Castle. Oh, right. Yeah. It's a huge banquet in all, isn't it? Yeah, that great room or whatever they call it. Fire at either end. Yeah, really neat. Yeah, you can't believe that they lived like that, can you? No. Well, a few people did. Well, yeah. Everybody else didn't. Everybody went out in fields. Yeah. Yeah. Castle Madland. Yeah. Yeah, that's it now. Okay, Hepcats. This is the part of the show where we play a song from the Arhuli archive. So pay attention. You can get these tunes from the legendary Arhuli Records at arhuli.com. Now sit back, open up some one shot, crank up the volume, and expand your minds, babies. All right!
was the legendary Big Mama Thornton from the album In Europe with the song Session Blues, available at arhuli.com. Coffee with the Sign Painter is brought to you by the Big D Speed Shop in Dallas, Texas. You can find licensed apparel of Sean Starr's original designs at BigDSpeedShop.com. The show is also brought to you by Full City Rooster Coffee Roasters, makers of the Sign Painters Blend. Coffee that Sean drinks in the studio every day. Now shipping worldwide. FullCityRooster.com. Thanks for listening to Coffee with a Sign Painter, hosted by Sean Starr. You can find all sorts of info about the show and sign painting, including previous episodes, at our website, seanstar.com. 